You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? I'm doing well. Healthy life. Uh, you know, still in the process of, of moving uh, as we come up on the holiday season. Well, that's good. You know, I was actually reading today that the uh, the housing market in the Midwest is hotter than it's ever been. I was actually reading that. And some people, yes. I, and I heard this morning, I also heard this morning that people that are looking to sell that are in like California, New York, if you can't sell by now to the end of the year, you're probably not going to be able to sell. So uh, GP, awesome. that is a call to you if you're listening. <laughs> you better sell. <laughs> sell while you can. Uh, as a matter of fact, I actually heard specifically, I think the Los Angeles real estate market is hot right now. So I, I'm sorry. Look at it like the bank robber, right? Throw everything you got in the suitcase and it's time to blow this joint. It's time to go. It's time for you people to leave. Anyone that wants to get out of those states, you better get out now. Uh, speak now or forever hold your peace to use a wedding analogy. So, you know, if you stay in those states, if you stay in those areas, then I don't know what to tell you going forward. I, I really don't know what to tell you. Think of it like um, think of it like the Berlin Wall. You had a, a window of opportunity to get out. And then once things started to go up, people were scrambling. I mean, you've, uh, we've all seen those videos We've all, in the historical archives. We've all seen those photos. People jumping out of buildings to get out of it. So anyway, what do we have lined up today? We talked yesterday a little bit about the Pope. Well, you talked a little bit about the Pope. And mm. we talked in the beginning there about everyone having different roles and different uh, agendas. Well, the same agenda, but everyone has a different role in this agenda that we're seeing. And the Pope seems to have taken it to another level yet again. Th this guy never disappoints when it comes to, um, I I'm not I'm not quite sure what it is that he's doing other than destroying Western civilization itself. But uh, Pope Francis hosts NBA players to talk social justice. Isn't this, isn't this exactly who you want to talk social justice is a bunch of um, a bunch of people that are sports stars that really have one skill and, and really no nothing else. Now, I'm not saying all athletes are, are unintelligent. I know a lot of them that are extremely intelligent. But just because you went through a university and you got that university some, uh, shall we say, alumni funding, that's all I'm going to say, the professors look the other way. That doesn't make you some kind of a scholar and uh, some kind of an informed, enlightened person, I can assure you, because I've met my fair share of professional athletes. Uh, now, does that mean they're bad people? No, no. I, I, think, uh, I think they're some of the most uh, generous, charitable people that I've met. But when it comes to the political realm, I think the same way about sports stars as I do about entertainers, you know, actors, celebrities, whatever. Shut up when it comes to politics. I don't care about your politics. You're there to entertain me. That's your job. That's what you get paid to do. You bring in the crowds. You get the crowds fired up. You get the crowds to cheer. That's your job. It's not your job to talk politics. It's not your job to talk social justice. It's not your job to talk uh, intellectual prowess. It's your job to play whatever game you're good at and to entertain the crowd. That's what you're supposed to do. So Pope Francis, in an unprecedented meeting, an unprecedented meeting, of course, a delegation of five NBA players and several officials from the Nas National Basketball Players Association met with Pope Francis at the Vatican on Monday. 
An assistant to Pope Francis reached out to the Players Association last week, indicating that the Pope wanted to learn more about how the players had recently brought attention to pressing social justice issues and economic inequality and what they planned for the future. You know, the Mm. NBA chairman himself, and I know you probably saw the the interview or the clip of the interview, they were uh, he was asked about this social justice message in the National Basketball Association. How has this message carried across to the public? And he said, well, we've taken a little bit in the realm of uh, ratings hits. Your ratings were the lowest in history, the lowest in history. And you're going to entertain continuing this agenda? Who are you going to have? See, that's that's the thing. The, the sports organizations are on board with all this. OK, the, the football, the National Football League, the, uh, the the basketball, of course, now baseballs. In fact, I mean, all of it has to be ruined, right, because they're traditional American sports. They have to be ruined. That's that's this agenda is it's just to tear down our traditions. And, and that's that's what all this is about. But more than that, from these from these companies looking at it from a financial standpoint, I mean, they make their money on ticket sales. They make their money on uh, merchandise. People don't want to hear this. They, they don't want to put up with this. Now, I know some people that are still involved in like the football and stuff. Why in the world would you watch this stuff now? It's beyond me. That's beyond me. I don't understand. The, the sports have been absolutely ruined. Any other time in history, if this was 1950, 1955, you know what I'd be saying? Hey, man, let's go to the football game. Let, let's go to the basketball game. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit next to you. I'll buy the popcorn. I'll cheer with you. This is nothing more than a, a screaming toddler at this point. That, that's all this is compared to is you have a bunch of know-nothings out there screaming about something that they know nothing about. They're getting paid to push this agenda, something that they themselves don't even believe in, but they're expecting you to believe in it. The generations that that grow up looking at these people, idolizing them as as icons, as heroes, as as someone to, to beholden. They're not. You said it right there, though. It, it, it's about money. It's exactly what it is. Look at the... Um, but they're not going to earn any. For example. They're not going to no. earn any. The athletes themselves do. And here's... Look at Kaepernick for as an example. Kaepernick started doing his um, activist stuff after he was benched, right? And he eventually quit the NFL. Well, he didn't really quit. It's, the, it's that the teams um, didn't pick him because he sucked, number one, and number two, because of his activism, right? So... He's made more money now as an activist from uh, various uh, companies like Nike, for example, doing his racist nonsense, right? He's made more money doing that. So as the athlete themselves, they stand to gain a lot of money, but the the brand, uh, the teams, they are losing money. I mean, they're at this point... I'm really surprised that they're they're not stopping the rhetoric because, for example, the NBA, um, the NBA actually has a lot of viewership in in China. Why why are they continuing the racist stuff, the the the, the social justice stuff when that that doesn't fly in China? What happened to Free Hong Kong? The NBA was on board with that at first, and then the Chicom said, "Oh no, wait a minute, no no no, we're going to stop showing all of your uh, your your games and your uh, your productions and stuff over here. We're not going to do it." They changed their tune real quick. The NBA did. Well, the the free Hong Kong thing, that's actually kind of sadly, that's that's more or less died off uh, because of uh, the CCP. Uh, some of the actions they've taken, they, they've they've really cracked down on the uh, Hong Kongers. Uh, they uh, hardcore like some of the rules and stuff. I mean, they, they they were able to pass laws to the point of you can't deface the flag or um, speak ill of the national anthem. I mean. Just very basic things that we consider freedom of speech, they're not able to do at a risk of being thrown in prison. So 
many of the long uh, the lawmakers that were for Hong Kong's freedom, they've they've quit and left the country. So uh, more or less, I think at this point, Hong Kong's a, a lost cause. We knew it was going to be that way anyway, because they, they don't have any support. Seriously, like no country is willing to support them because the minute they do, they lose access to a lot of their manufacturing goods from China. Nobody's going to, I mean, that includes pharmaceuticals. So, you know, it's kind of a, yeah. Well, you could almost make the same comparison to Taiwan, except we're in the process of of supporting Taiwan at the moment. You know, Taiwan's a little bit more independent, shall we say? I mean, they've kind of broken off. You know, I've always said, and I I believe Marty's always said here as well. You know, the the English they didn't fight hard enough for the uh, the Hong Kong Chinese. You know, that used to be under under English control. They they didn't fight hard enough for it. See, the thing is here about Hong Kong, the Chai Coms broke the deal. They weren't supposed to go in there until 2050. They were supposed to remain autonomous until 2050. The Chai Coms built the Shenzhen Bridge. And at the time when it was being built, it said they're going to move military equipment in with it. They're going to they're going to go in. They're going to invade. Hello. And what was the oh, was a conspiracy theory, right? Yeah, yep. that was it. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a loon. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. This is going to help the Hong Kong Chinese. Oh, yeah. It's helping them real well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. That's exactly what they used it for is to move military personnel and vehicles and their own law enforcement in uh, now as well. So. But see, that's but, that's the thing about all this is this they, they've broken the deal. Right. They, they broke that deal. Same thing with Taiwan. Right. And if you were to ask the uh, the CCP, do you. Uh, what do you think about Taiwan? I mean, well, hell, you ask the World Health or you didn't have to ask the CCP. You ask the World Health Organization about Taiwan. They look at you like you got a second head sewn on your shoulders. What do, what do you mean? Well, that, no, there, there is no Taiwan. No, it's it, it's all China. To, to kind of touch on what we were, what what segued us into that. You, you mentioned some of the stuff about the, the Pope and talking to um, mm-hmm. the athletes. I'm, I'm yep. really curious. Was it, was it the athletes or was well, it the... Just, LeBron James yeah, didn't ahead. make it. Yeah, LeBron James didn't didn't get invited to the delegation. So I I, I mean, he, I'm sure that the Pope didn't get the full experience yeah, right. of of you know what it's going to be like to fight racial racism and and social justice and 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 of course uh, f- also feeding the poor. Right. That's that's also mixed in there as well. The other thing I I, I don't want this to elude the um, the listener. How hypocritical is it to go and talk to a white old white guy? Who's part of a religion that ruled the world essentially during the during it for a time when slavery was a thing? It's kind of kind of hypocritical. Kind of a, I mean, it's kind it's, of little you know, little ironic right there. Yeah, yeah, just just a little bit, and uh, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is the social justice stuff. You know, the the racism and and um, excuse me, racial equality. Those topics on the surface do actually sound good to a Christian. It, it does because it, it's fairly enticing. You know, uh, we're we're about um, equality, right? I mean, everybody's made in God's image, so we're all equal. Um, but that's that's kind of a, a you know main teaching of that, if you will. The problem is, is what they're using it for. It, this isn't about equality. This is about destroying our traditions. This is about destroying our economies. Uh, in the case of the athletes, it's actually about lying in their pockets with more money. But, you know, it, it's, it's a different motive for each. So it, it's not even about equality. Uh, that, that's not, nah, that, that, that's not, the, that's not what it is anymore, unfortunately. No, it's just, it's a tool for division. That's all they use it for now. And it's, it's really sad because this is not traditionally the West. I mean, th- this is what we've transitioned out of. You notice that it's everything again. It's been turned back on itself. They they know that they couldn't use 
the class division system because we we advanced beyond that. So you couldn't use the system of, of traditional Marxism from 100 years ago. The classes don't exist anymore. We split that two class system. You notice what's happening now. Now, pay attention, pay, pay very, very close attention. You had a two class system at the beginning of the 20th century. A hundred years ago, you had the workers and you had the owners. Okay, so this is you know, enter Marx and Engels, of course, right? Because they wrote all this crap about you know all of the 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 working the working class is going to rise up and overthrow. Give me a break with that garbage. They advanced so far. We advanced as a civilization so far beyond that. Mass production which is what the labor class was for, required mass consumption. So what did we do? Instead of continuing that trend, as mass production continued to increase and consumption continued to increase, wealth was becoming more and more common with people. So as a result, we took the ownership class and we split it. We broke it down into managers, shop stewards, unions, you know, trade unions that were part owners. You could actually have deals with the owners themselves, the company owners themselves. You had benefits come in. You had wage increases. Standard of living went up. So what did we do? We became a class in and of ourselves. We became an ownership class. We didn't need to be dependent on someone else. We didn't need to be dependent on an upper class of people. That's what all this is about, is they need to reintroduce something that's going to split people. And that's what they've done with identity politics. See, they can't use the wealth any longer, right? They couldn't do that with the West for the longest time because we actually had wealth. We had generational wealth, and that's something that they can't compete with. So they have to use something at a cultural level, hence cultural Marxism, to destroy people. And I don't want to get into COVID right now. I mean, we can kind of segue into that later. But what's going to split people now? Freedom passes. Vaccines. Yeah. It's going to split society into a two-class system. You're going to reintroduce what we got out of in the new age, you fools. Bringing in a vaccine, that's all this is going to do. Now, and, and that you ask, okay, well, how many people are going to take, oh, you look at the garbage polls out of the Washington Post and the Jerusalem Post and all these, these rags of newspapers. They say, oh, six and ten people will take it. Bull, bull. Hmm. You know, I, I drove uh, through town. I, it, I it depends. It depends. It depends. I drove through town today. And I, I went all through town. I didn't just go down a couple of streets. I went all through town because I thought, I'm just going to see what's going on. I want to see how people are behaving today. I'll bet you I saw, I, I must have seen about a thousand people today. And I bet you I saw maybe 15, I think maybe 15 to 20, something like that. People were wearing masks. The rest of them were not. You know, I asked somebody today, I said, do you realize that they haven't even counted the flu this year? And they said, no. I said, they, they haven't. It's like the seasonal flu never showed up. You notice you're not hearing anything about that? I said, yeah. And I said, they're not counting it. It hasn't even bothered to show up this year. They didn't even know that. Shanghai yesterday. I saw videos of this last night. Airport is plunged into chaos after a worker, one worker, one tested positive for COVID-19, prompting hazmat suits to come out. And the staff herded thousands of people into the basement for testing. D do you understand how insane this is? No, it's just China. Yeah, but I honestly, I think they're they're doing that just to hype the fear like they were before. I mean, that's uh -huh. that's what I think they're doing here. It's for uh, sure. Yeah, because I mean, I'm looking at the video. Here. Yeah, this is the video I saw last night. So this is this is this is garbage, right? This is nonsense. You're trying to tell me that you've got a hundred thousand people being held back by fifteen? I don't think so. I don't think so. In a normal thinking world, you're gonna bulldoze those people and you're gonna walk right out of that airport. I'm torn on that because people are lemmings, so... Well, you could say uh, that again. I mean, people, I, I, man, they are thick. They are thick. 
when it comes to this stuff. Like I said, when I told somebody today, I said, you know, they haven't even counted the flu this year. No, I didn't know that. This is a smart person. But anyway, so yeah, uh, they're, um, uh, they're, they're, going, uh, they're going crazy in Shanghai. But uh, anyway, I guess that's their problem. Now, this is where it begins. Qantas Airlines, Australia. Right now, they announced a while back, no more international flights, right? Well, they're going to bring them back. But guess what? There's a little, there's a, there's a stipulation. Qantas will only let passengers who have had the COVID vaccine on their international flights. Huh. Begun. Australian airline Qantas will require travelers on international flights to have had the coronavirus vaccine once an inoculation is ready, the CEO said. He told the Australian news program, a current affair, rather you need that domestically. We'll have to see what happens with the COVID-19 market. But certainly for international visitors coming out and people leaving the country, we think that's a necessity. So an airline is now going to have access to your medical record. Yeah, HIPAA laws don't apply anymore. Well, Bruce, we don't need HIPAA laws if it saves just one life. If it saves just one life. Of course, yes. I guess I'm not flying to Australia on Qantas. I can tell you that. Australia's largest airline is planning to enshrine the mandate in its terms and conditions, which would be amended to say that the international travelers must be vaccinated before they can board a Qantas plane. How are you going to verify that? Yeah, what if they mention that? Falsified. You're going to see. You're going to see digital falsifications out the wazoo on this. They already. There. It's already started. People. So some of the the venues for uh for example Ticketmaster I believe is requiring you to have a uh um negative test until people buy tickets. Until people push back on it, and then they said, "Oh, wait a minute, uh, we're we're gonna, yeah, we're we're, we're not gonna do that uh, just yet. Just, we're not gonna do it yet." Well, they'll they'll, they'll continue. To, they, I, I don't think that's going to change. the The thing is, is there's already a black market started. There's a black market for negative tests, so people are already falsifying the reports on that so that they can buy their tickets. So basically, what they're going to find is that people are uh, they're they're going to skirt the law. And or or excuse me, the requirement in this case, and either another co- company will rise up, or the mainstay, which I do actually know, there's one company that's um, that's started. But if if this is a, a trend, they're going to try to digitize it, and they're going to make it more difficult to falsify this this kind of information. So we'll we'll see where it goes, but. Um, I don't think this is going to go away. This is this is going to be a new trend. We've talked about it. I mean, this is this is part of the social credit scoring system. This is one of the things that's needed is a global registry for people. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a uh, better part of two years now. And I mean, if people don't want to pay attention, I remember I was talking to, about social credit to a friend of mine here for the longest time. And we were going back and forth and, and we were standing in a crowd of people. I mean, because it's been you know, a year or two ago. We're standing in a crowd of people and he says, well, how are they going to do this? How are they going to bring all this stuff in? And I said, look around, man. As I'm like, I'm saying this out loud. I said, look around, man. I said, these people don't care. They don't care. They're like lemmings right off the edge of a cliff. They don't care. They'll do whatever they think they need to do in order to get themselves back on some kind of a routine. That's all they care about. They don't care about self-enrichment. They don't care about self-confidence. They don't care about uh, bettering themselves. They don't care about self-governance. Hell, they wouldn't know self-governance if it jumped up and bit them in the face. Yeah, it's a consumerism has become more of a thing. And I, I hate using that word because there's so many other connotations tied to it. But people are more interested in, well, you know, if if I can get my 
PS5, or I can get my um, you know favorite TV show, or I can go to the ball game, or as long as I can do the things that I want to do, eh, wh- wh- what's what's the problem with doing a little you know having an app on my phone that that tracks me? You know, I mean, as long as I can get that burger, as long as I can get that burger, as long as I can get that charred meat, as long as I can get that bottle of whiskey, and I can watch football. That's all I care about. Yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Turn the TVs off. You know, I, I remember my parents used to call that an idiot box, and I'm starting to understand why. Boop All right. <laughs> yeah, boop uh, Reinstated coronavirus restrictions by states. There is a list. I got a list here of all the states. What state? Bruce, pick a state. What state would you like to hear? Let's do a few of these. Uh, let, let, let's hear, let's hear, uh, let's hear the, uh, my new favorite, Michigan. Michigan? Oh. Yeah. Right. Okay, Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer's administration ordered high schools and colleges to stop in-person classes. She closed restaurants and indoor dining and suspended organized sports, which include football playoffs, which, by the way, when it comes to indoor dining, outdoor dining is still permitted. You can still do outdoor dining, albeit it's in the it's in the middle of winter, you know, November, December. I don't know if anybody's going to be dining uh, outdoors in Michigan in the middle of winter. But uh, the order also restricts indoor and outdoor residential gatherings, closes some entertainment facilities, and bans gyms from hosting group exercise classes. The new, Now, see, it's only going to last three weeks. It's only going to last three weeks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Part of the other reason I, I, I picked Michigan is uh, I, I happen to be aware of the fact that um, in, the, in the rules there, it doesn't mention... Uh, one, of the, one of the things that they, they put out is they showed what was okay to be done, you know, what what was okay to do and what wasn't okay to do, right? So what was locked down? Your First Amendment right wasn't included in either side of those. I'm sorry, Bruce, this is a public health crisis. We don't have time for the First Amendment. Mm, I'm sorry, the Second Amendment says uh, I don't have to listen to your dictatorial. <laughs> second, the second one. The, uh, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is like over here, they banned anti-lockdown protests. Did you hear what I just said? You can protest anything else you want. You can protest the government. You can protest, I don't know, a high price of uh, of milk or something. But uh, you you can't protest lockdowns. Yeah. All right. Next state. I, I'd, I'd do it anyway. Yeah, they are doing it anyway. anyway. They don't care. <laughs> they are doing it anyway. Next state. What uh, would you like next? Let's let's hear your 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 home states. My home state. You want Ohio? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. All right. See, let's see what you guys are doing. Ohio. All right. Governor Mike DeWant. What a piece of garbage he is. And I know, yeah, I know all people, all the people that are, that are listening from my native state of Ohio, you would agree. Otherwise, you wouldn't listen, I'm sure. <laughs> the, um, the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, announced a statewide curfew, which will take effect November 19th, which, you know, we're a few days into that now. The curfew will run from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. See, 9.59, you're safe, right? The virus comes out at 10. It comes out at 10.01. You're screwed. You're screwed. 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. But see, it's only for 21 days. See, it's it's only three weeks. It's only three weeks. However, the curfew does not apply to those who need to be at work, have an emergency or need for medical care. Well, it's very thoughtful of them. Of course, if you need uh, if you need medical care in this time because of covid, you're probably not going to get it. Residents can still leave their homes for groceries if they're picking up or excuse me, or if they are picking up a carryout or drive through meal or getting delivery. The Ohio Department of Health has also announced limitations on mass gatherings, which, by the way, I, I'm talking to people in Ohio and they say, yeah, we're, we're not even paying attention to this. We're just doing whatever we need to do. Like they're, they're just living. They're like, yeah, that's enough of this. They got a problem with this and they can come visit me at my house and then we'll talk. That's that's how. Yeah. 
And anybody from the Midwest that understands what I just said, well, yeah, you get it. Wedding receptions and other banquet facilities will be required to follow several guidelines to minimize the spread of COVID-19, including no socializing in open areas or no dancing or excuse me, and no dancing. You can't so dance wait. now. You're not supposed to socialize in an open area. You're supposed to socialize in a closed area. Well, um, (laughs) it's a good question because it doesn't say that. (laughs) Yeah. Guests will be. I love this one. Guests will be required to be seated at all times and no self-serve bar areas or self-serve buffets will be allowed. Masks must be worn. Uh You you have to be seated at all times. At all times. Like when you walk in the door, you have to sit down in a wheelchair and just like wheelchair yourself around. Well, those are the rules, Bruce. Those are the rules. Masks must be worn at all times except while eating or drinking. Representative Jim Jordan, House House representative from my state. I love this guy. He says, you want to get married in Ohio? He says, here's the new rules. This is his tweet. He says, you can drive your friends to the wedding, but don't sit with them at the reception. (laughs) You can throw the bouquet, but don't leave your seat to catch it. You can have a drink while sitting, but not standing. What a joke. This is what's ironic about all this, too. Let's say you have a large family and you're all in the same household. You can't go to a gathering because it's greater than 10. Right. Even though it's your household. Uh-huh. Baby steps, Bruce. Baby steps. Now, see, now the government's going to tell you what you can and can't do at your wedding. Okay. Now, if you're going to have a wedding. All right. Now, listen to this. The traditional first dance between the bride and the groom, cutting of the wedding cake and tossing the bouquet are permitted. Okay. So that that's permitted. Thank goodness for that. I, I'm glad the government's going to let you do those things. Each table must have no more than 10 people and they must all live in the same household. <laughs> So what if your household has 12 people? You can't sit together? This order does uh, not apply to religious observances. Wait, a, a, a wedding is that that's where it originated was a religious observance. Yes. That's how it started. Yes. So that's why you take your vows before an oath of, with God. You know, that's why you yeah, have. A, yeah, that's why you have a preacher, right. or a pastor marry you. Right. Right. So, wow. Quite out of touch. Yeah, the governor also tweeted that businesses must have a face mask requirement sign at public entrances. Each store will be required to ensure that employees and customers are all wearing masks. So my my the city I live in is doing the same thing to where they require a sign. They're not mandating businesses enforce the sign, uh, uh, the mask wearing, mm-hmm. but they're enforcing that you have a sign. If you don't have a sign, it's a $500, uh, $500 fine. So really, life goes on as normal, uh, more or less, depending on the store. There's a few stores, but it depends on the store. Some stores will um, enforce the mask thing. Other stores will just say, hey, would you wear a mask? And you can just say, "Not, nah, not interested. And I'll let you in anyway. And then other stores, they just don't care. They're like, yeah, you, you know, self-govern. <laughs> do, your, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... But that's one of the ways they're trying to to skirt it to try to keep people from. But I had a thought here uh, with, with the um, you have to do outdoor dining, you know, even though it's wintertime up north. And I, I remember one of the ways that the was it the CDC that was saying one of the ways that you can do outdoor dining is to basically pitch a tent, throw a heater in there and put the tables inside the tent. It yes. almost um, it kind of maybe we've addressed this and I've not I've not created it. indoor dining out doors is all you've right done. right but i was i was bringing up another point that um w- with the great reset and with the you know that's the, conspiracy the whole, theory right um w- with that whole agenda um it's 
intention is to bring the developed world down to the same level as the developing world. So isn't it kind of interesting that you have to eat in a tent, a non-permanent structure that's fairly cheap and Kind of similar kind of, to some almost, of the developing world. Almost reminds you of places you'd go into, say, like Central and South America, for example. Mm. Or, hmm, yeah. Mm. Anyway, I, I, I don't know if that was brought up before already because, you know, I, I tend to zone out when I'm reading stuff. No, no, you're, you're fine. Okay, Oklahoma. Uh, mm. Do you know what's going on in Oklahoma? Did, I mean, I'm sure that... Uh, in a, in a, a summary, uh, I believe there's no mask mandate. Uh, but there is a requirement of um, tables being spaced six feet apart. Unless um, unless they put a plastic divider up, a sanitizing right. divider up in between because because yeah. that stops it. You see that that stops. it. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't like go over. No, no. Of course. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't right. go over right. that. It It's it stops it dead in its tracks. Right. It, it, it's very this this virus is very respectful of our rules and, and laws yes. and whatnot. Well, so I mean, it, as you as you see now, it's it's on a time schedule. It, it comes right. out between the hours of, of 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Right. So once the streetlights come on, that the virus the comes out. out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. OK. Well, I mean, it's it's there all the time anyway, but it's it's more aggressive at right. 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Right. Yeah. You're, you're guaranteed to get it at after 10. Yes. And yes. And this is exactly why all yeah. bars and restaurants will be required to close by 11 p.m. in the state of Oklahoma as well. Right. Right. Uh, basically mandated curfew. Appar- which... Apparently it's well, it comes out an hour later in, in Oklahoma as opposed to Ohio. So what are you guys doing differently down there? What, what have you guys done to keep it at bay for another hour? It's the same time zone in Ohio Central, aren't they? So, well, it's Central time here, so Ohio uh-huh. Central. No, 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 we're no, 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 we're on Eastern. Ohio's on Eastern. Eastern. Okay, so that yeah. that's why it's it, it doesn't respect. All the t- time it doesn't respect. I got you. Yeah. I got you. It does. I wonder if it, does it do say, does does COVID nineteen does it do daylight savings time too? I don't know. I mean, we're we're, we're currently in it, so yeah. Well, I'm wondering if it'll shift when we do change the clocks back. Is I mean, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, do we get that hour back? Yeah. Uh, probably not. I don't know. I'm sure they're going to keep it the same. I don't know. We might actually. Whoa, whoa. It's so ridiculous. Uh, any other states you want to uh, you want to hear about uh, the the lunacy? Let's see. We we just talked about um, New Jersey, right? Their governor. Uh, well, we didn't really. T- no, we didn't talk about him. No, we didn't talk about him. Oh, that's the, right. But there's 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 stuff about him. I suppose we could go to New Jersey now. What's New Jersey doing? New Jersey is. Uh, let me see. Governor Phil Murphy. Okay, Phil Murphy. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, he was he was called. The few choice words that we can't mention here. Uh, basically, he was he was caught uh, at a restaurant with his family. No social distancing, no mask wearing, none of that stuff. And people were pretty much giving him hell the entire time that he was there. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Governor Phil Murphy announced that restaurants, bars, clubs, lounges, and other businesses that serve food or drinks will have to end indoor dining by 10 p.m. Again, 10 p.m. Virus knows. You notice... The first time there was no curfew. Now there's a curfew. It's just it's the same as before, but now there's a curfew attached to it. You notice that? And it's all the same time. Typically, there's there's no curfew unless there's some kind of civil unrest. You know, the, right. the last time I remember a curfew was the the um, the bombing, uh, the, the marathon bombing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Outdoor dining. So it, it kind of stands to reason. Is there are they expecting some kind of terrorist attack? Is that is that what the deal is? Or is there Honestly, something think, else nefarious going on? I think there's something else coming down the pipe. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, outdoor dining can continue after 10 p.m. 
of course, in New Jersey, you see, New Jersey in the middle of November, you can have outdoor dining. Yeah, that's, right. that's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, as can takeout and delivery services. Additionally, non-essential retail businesses, food and beverage establishments, and recreation and entertainment businesses must close by 8 p.m. Again, virus knows. Virus knows. Indoor gatherings will be limited to 10 people, down from 25. Outdoor gatherings will be limited to a maximum of 150 people, down, to five, down from 500. Indoor religious services, celebrations, political events, weddings, funerals, memorial services, and other performances may continue and use as much as 25% of a room's capacity or up to 150 people. Um, See, when you start getting into the freedom to assemble and worship and you start going down that road, I I can't use the word I want to use there. Go screw yourself. Well, as I said, Phil Murphy was caught at a uh, at a restaurant and he was called quite a few um, quite a few words. Of course, Phil Murphy, his statement was, we're urging everybody to keep their Thanksgiving plans as small as possible because we know that indoor gatherings at homes are particularly dangerous places for COVID-19 to spread. The smaller the gathering is, the less likely it is that someone is infected and puts their loved ones at risk. It is that simple. Here's a man who makes that statement a week ago, and he spotted 24 hours ago in a restaurant jammed full of people with his entire family. These people don't believe this stuff. Without a mask, might I add. Oh, yeah, without a mask. Of course, when he was approached with the person in camera and everything, when he was approached and they started calling him all these choice words and talking about how pathetic of an individual he is and how his family are nothing but a bunch of lying scum. Oh, what did he do then? He put his mask on, didn't he? And he also asked, he he put his mask on and then did his virtue signaling and said, would would you please put your mask on as well? Uh Uh-huh. Well, no, I think his, uh, his, his his little worm son said that. But uh, oh, his, yeah, okay. yeah, I think it was I think it was his boy I, that the kid looks. I, I mean, can you imagine? Did you see how miserable that kid looked? My God, my God. So, yes, uh, that was Governor Phil Murphy. Now, in the state of Nevada, they, they have a different um, different take on things. The, the governor out there is going to take a different approach on this one. Uh, governor Steve uh, Sisolak, he says that um, as of today, this is yesterday he said this, uh, 13 of 17 of our counties are flagged for elevated risk of transmission. Wonder if those are the Republican counties. Just wondering. That sounds about right. Uh-huh. Sounds about right, doesn't it? In the beginning of October, only two counties were flagged. Our statewide positivity rate is at a record at 16.5%. And as I mentioned, we've surpassed 2,000 deaths. Again, flu hasn't shown up this year. Now, What's he decided he's going to do? He's decided that he's going to issue a three-week statewide pause. He's not going to do a lockdown. Did you hear what I just said? He's not going to do a lockdown. He's going to do a pause. Just like the governor of the state of Oregon, they're not going to do a lockdown either. They're going to do a three-week freeze. You, You see how they go back and forth with these words? All available models indicate that Nevada is in a, quote, red zone. And our health experts anticipate continued case growth based on current trends. In fact, 10% of all COVID cases recorded in Nevada since the beginning of the pandemic were reported in the last seven days. Every minute, a Nevadian is diagnosed with COVID-19. This is the governor saying this. I'm just quoting. These fear tactics and all this stuff, this doesn't stop until you finally demand that it stops. It's the only way it stops. Because they're going to continue to take, and they're going to continue to push, and they're not going to stop. So what restrictions have Nevada put in? Just real quick before we jump over to California, because something interesting is happening out there. Again, they're doing a statewide pause for three weeks. The order will take effect tomorrow. So if you're listening, that would be today. 
Under the order, restaurants, bars, gaming operations, gyms, fitness facilities, and other businesses must be limited to 25% capacity, down from 50%. Retail and grocery stores will remain at 50% capacity. Public gatherings will be limited to 50 people or 25% capacity, whichever is less. Private gatherings will be limited to no more than 10 people. Why is it 10 people? Why is it always 10 people? It's the same way all across the board. Why is it always 10? It's the same thing over here in Europe. All these European countries, 10 people. Why? Why? That one's got me perplexed. No more than two separate households and face coverings must be worn. Do you know, by the way, just on a side note, this this mask thing, for thousands of years, when you have a conquering group come in to a population, what's the first thing they do? They tie up and muzzle the population that's being conquered because they don't want to be talked back to. It's been going on for thousands of years. Just a new form of it now. State residents must wear face coverings at all times, whether indoors or outdoors. Large events will not be approved during this time. Again, I wonder if those are the 13. I wonder if those uh, those counties are the uh, the Republican ones that are being affected the most. I'm, does, does it say which ones specifically that aren't? No, okay. but... There's the way that they're playing politics with this thing. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I really wouldn't doubt it. Well, there was only two counties that voted blue. It was like Reno and uh, pull it up again. Uh, let's see, Reno and Vegas. So wherever, whatever counties those two cities are in, those are the uh, the two that didn't vote. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I would expect them to be uh, non-red counties. But anyway, all right. So California. What's California doing? Governor Gavin Newsom, he pulled the emergency brake. We talked about him yesterday. You know, the uh, the guy that, uh, you know, he, he made a bad mistake, he made a bad mistake. And what he should have done, he should have gotten up and, and walked out of that restaurant, got in his car and drove home. That's what he should have done. But he didn't do it. I mean, he, he stayed there for his for his dinner. But nonetheless, Governor Gavin Newsom and the California Department of Public Health announced a limited stay at home order. See, it's limited. It's always limited. Limited stay at home order in areas that are seeing the highest rates of positive cases and hospitalizations. Have you seen an overrun hospital yet? Because I haven't. Under the order, all non-essential work, movement and gatherings in the purple tier, which nobody even knows what that is, county or purple tier counties are ordered to stop between Bruce, guess what time they're they're supposed to stop business and, and gatherings and movement and all that stuff. Get guess what time? Ten PM. Until five AM. Ten PM until five AM. You got it. Until December twenty first. So see it's only a month. It's only it's only a month. Oh starting just like uh just like our mandates here in this state was only supposed to be until no, uh, November 30th. Well, it was only supposed to be 14 um, days. It was only 14 days. Well, right? we, yeah. 14 every, days to smash the curve. Yeah. That, that's all we needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just, we turn this off. We, we, we do 14 days and, you know, go home for a couple of weeks and we'll, we'll be right back. Right. We'll be right back to work. No problem. No problem. Starting on November 25th, Los Angeles County will also prohibit dining services at restaurants, breweries, wineries, and bars for three weeks. I wonder if his winery, Governor Gavin, oh yeah, he has a winery. I wonder if his winery is going to be allowed to stay open. I wonder. However. It was last time. It was last time, yeah. However, wineries and breweries may continue their retail operations as long as they adhere to current protocols. Notice they had to put that little stipulation in there. Prior to L.A. County's latest restrictions, outdoor seating for restaurants was reduced to 50% capacity. Maximum capacity for other businesses was reduced. You know what? I'm tired of reading all this crap. About 41 counties across the state have been placed in the strictest purple category. Whatever. All right. So anyway, the, all this. Look, what this is, this is about leveling private businesses. It's about knocking you out of the box as a small business owner. That's all this is about. Now, California. Again, I, I bring up California restrictions because of what? Protesters have hit the streets in California to bash Newsom's curfew orders. 
So the new order went into effect at 10 p.m. on Saturday, local time, and they're going to remain in effect until December 21st. I can assure you they're not going to lift that. Or unless, unless conditions worsen. If conditions worsen, well, then they're they're just going to have to extend it. So protesters took to the streets last night in defiance of Gavin Newsom's latest nighttime curfew order that went into effect. Uh, In Huntington Beach, a crowd of about 400 dubbed themselves curfew breakers gathered in front of the city's main pier to protest the curfew that took effect at 10 p.m. By about midnight, the crowd largely fizzled out. I guess they got tired. Yeah, I guess they got tired. Of course, I mean, they could have been dropping from COVID, too, at the same time, you know, because, I mean, the virus knows to, to come out after 10 o'clock. And honestly, right, it, right. it knows to come out at your at 10 o'clock at your time zone, too. Well, yeah. it's, in your case, it's 11. In your case, it's 11. Yeah. So yeah. For, for whatever reason, you guys get that extra hour. And I don't understand why. But I mean, you, you've got it. One woman said, I think it's just ridiculous. They're going about this all the wrong way. Well, yeah, we could have told you that a year ago. Meanwhile, officials in Los Angeles County, the state's largest with about 10 million people, again, can outvote 47 U.S. states, announced Sunday that dining at restaurants, bars, wineries will be halted starting Wednesday. Also, a protest was held outside Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti's official residence on Friday in a demonstration bill as curfew protest block party, no more lockdowns. Well, at least it's a start, right? If nothing else, at least it's a start. You know, people are starting to understand, I suppose, even if it's slow going. But I think these are the early days in an avalanche, in my personal opinion, because at some point, at some point, people, I mean, because look, they're back again with this and you notice it's more this time. And then the next time it's going to be more and then more and then more and then more. It's always this successive approximation, slow going on something. Then they release a little bit on it, but they don't not fully. And then they come back at it again and they clamp down harder. Same thing with this, isn't it? First, it was, oh, well, yeah, we just need to do this. But there was no curfew, right? Now they've come back at it again. They've clamped down on the same thing, but they've added something else to it. So but they clamped down on it harder. It'll be the same thing next time. And you say, okay, well, I'm just going to get through this so we can get to this next point. It's always the next thing. It's a never ending cycle. So quick thought on the uh, why a 10 person, uh, you know, only 10 people. To use my family as an example, we have a lot more than 10 people in in within the, you know, from like my grandparents, my parents and my age group, you know, my grandfather has um, many siblings, my grandmother, same thing. If we were all to meet for Thanksgiving, which typically we don't, we we each have our own, you know, our family's huge. So we, we do larger events around the year for reunions. But anyway, it will, it'll cause a little bit of tension there in the family because um, only so many can come and visit at a certain time, you know, for the, for the, so you would have to either have multiple Thanksgivings or you're going to have to pick and choose which kid oh. gets to, to join. Bruce, just don't have Thanksgiving. That's, that's what the ultimate underlying message is here about all this is just don't have it. Mm. Yeah. You, should, you shouldn't observe that and, and, um, you know, be thankful for all the things you have here in the, the U.S. on our 400th anniversary. Well, we should be thankful for the, uh, for the government, you know, doing their best to, to ensure that everyone's safety is, is best kept, you know, in check. So, mm. I mean, that, that if you're going to be thankful for anything, that's what you should be thankful for. You mentioned the Mayflower there. You want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I just wanted to bring up the fact that this is the 400th anniversary this month of uh, 1620 when the, when the Mayflower landed. So, um, congrats to us, I guess we've made it this long. Um, hopefully we can keep it together in these trying times. But uh, no, it it's interesting because nobody's talking about it. And in fact, um, one of the senators, Tom Cotton, brought it up in, in uh, the Senate and said, 
look, this is the 400th anniversary. Isn't it, isn't it weird that the media isn't talking about it? This is this is a big occasion. Uh, uh, 200. Let's see, the 200th anniversary. Webster, he did the uh, speech on it, if you will. You know. Then it was uh, who did I say was the next one? At the time, it was he was senator. He wasn't president yet. Calvin Coolidge. He did the 300th anniversary, and Trump is the 400th anniversary president. So I'm curious uh, what he'll have to say for, if anything, uh, for this for this momentous and um, um, occasion. Well, I Whether think or not we your... make it to 500 is yet to be seen. Yeah, I think to I think to answer your question about the media, the media is a bunch of you know garbage sellouts anyway. They they don't care. They they don't care. They they've already made their intentions clear as to who they're on board with. They're on board with foreign money. They don't care about what happens to the United States. Well, I'll, I'll give them seven days to to say something. I'll, don't I'll hold your breath, my friend. Much. Don't uh, hold your breath, my no, friend. Definitely not. Not going to happen. No, no. With your foreign money thing, they're they're in, they're in bed with like the CCP and whatnot, and uh, now they're they're. Mm-hmm. About, and yeah. I, I saw you. I saw you reference something there about, um, you know, Beijing controlled news outlets. I mean, we we covered this a while back, about a year ago, I want to say, and yep. we talked about the newspapers and the media organizations that are taking CCP money. Like they're, they're taking out full page ads in this stuff. D- does this not concern anybody? Does do people even know? Do you even care? Oh no, it, it's worse than it's worse than full page ads, right? I, or or maybe people don't understand what we mean by full page ads. Maybe maybe that's more so what it is. Yeah, it might be a disconnect uh, there. When when we're talking about a full page ad here, we're talking an entire article that's a propaganda piece lifting up or 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 saying China is doing such an amazing job. For example, I'll give you some of the headlines. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Apple CEO China getting. Tim- Tim Cook under control. Tim, Tim Cook said this. Well, I I have no idea. I'm just reading the headlines. I'm I'm reading oh. the headlines that the article's talking okay. about. These right. are these are the ones that the CCP paid for. Okay, these are the oh, the see. articles that they paid to have in there. Apple CEO China getting outbreak under control. Trump's China remark rebuked. U.S. spin on virus. In quotes. Name condemned. Those are some of the examples of of articles that they they post. Or, or paid to have in there. Um, we're, we're talking. Let's see here. L.A. Times. They paid them three hundred forty thousand dollars for quote unquote advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, that was between May and October of this year. Uh, Wall Street Journal had more than eighty five thousand. It looks like really is the Wall G Journal, isn't it? Yeah. The L.A. Times looks Times. like it's got, L.A. Times took three hundred forty thousand. I see that now. Yeah. That was just uh, between financial. May and October. Right. UK, let's see, the UK based Financial Times took 223,000 and then uh, 132,000 for a Canadian outlet, uh, the Globe and Mail, again, for advertising campaigns. Looks like the Houston Chronicle and the Boston Globe are also in uh, with accepting money from the CCP. Uh, Between 2016 and 2019, which this is kind of something we've talked about already, um, Washington Post received $4.6 million. That seems to be the what? Why that one? That one seems to be like the premier mouthpiece for for that Jeff Bezos, the Washington Post. That that seems to be the one. And you know, I, th- I think that this tie with with Amazon and China, I think it goes deeper than than just a, a simple propaganda outlet. Have you looked at Amazon lately? Has anybody been on Amazon and shopped in the last oh I don't know uh, six months to a year? It looks like a Chinese storefront. All of it. 
a bunch well, of no-name products, rip-off things that, that are just, uh, you know, non-brand name kind of stuff. Yeah. And if, if you start looking at it, I mean, where's it all come from? It all comes from China. There's a lot of lawsuits uh, involving Amazon. Basically, people will sell their products on Amazon. And if the product does well, Amazon has a mysteriously acquired product of the same type without... It's their product. It's an Amazon product with Amazon branding, but it's the exact same product that this this person is selling on their market. And then mm -hmm. they get shut down, basically, because huh. of the Amazon product. Amazon advertises their product and not the consumer's product, or, or excuse me, the, the small business's product. It's kind of, kind of name brand for China with uh, their copyright infringement. Um, but there's, that's not the only one, by the way, the Washington Post, uh, the Journal, which I believe is out of West Virginia, um, they received $6 million in advertisements from 2016 to, to In West Virginia? Yeah, I believe, I believe it was West Virginia. Interesting. Let me see here. Let me double check that. Okay, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. I, I remember that the Chinese bought, I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of about $4.5 billion in resource rights in, in West Virginia, which by the way, that's four times the size of the state budget for the entire year. I might add. So basically what's happened is, is that the state has gotten together over there. They've sold out the lifeblood of the residents of West Virginia to the Chicoms. That's what's happened. It, uh, it says the, the journal is, um, it's a daily newspaper based in Martinsburg, West Virginia and serving uh, Berkeley, Jefferson and Morgan counties uh, in the state's eastern panhandle. So there you go. Yeah, okay. So far, so far this year, they've re received $461,000. Okay, so getting in with uh, with media organizations, taking out ads and and paying for op ed pieces and all that stuff. I mean, that's that's one thing. But is it just that? Is it just media outlets? I don't think so. I don't think so. The U.S. has drafted a list of eighty nine Chinese firms with military ties. I mean, we kind of run into this problem with just about everything these days. Is uh, is that because? I mean, look, let's let's be honest here. The crony capitalists went over and jumped in bed with the CCP. They sold us out. That's what the real crime is here in all this. The Trump administration Wait, is, is go ahead. Is this story is this story a reference to the the Hunter Biden's firm selling <laughs> Uh, or the or Joe Biden selling the the secrets of the the stealth technology for our for our submarines to no I'm, sh I'm sure it's got no. nothing to do with it I'm sure it's got nothing to do with that no. I would really love to know who the bag man was on that one to be fair I'll bet you it was John Podesta I'll just bet you could be could be don't know that's I'm I'm just being facetious I I don't know I, I really don't know the Trump administration is close to declaring that 89 Chinese Aerospace and other companies have military ties, restricting them from buying a range of U.S. goods and technology, according to a draft copy. So the list, if published, hasn't been published yet. The list, if published, could further escalate trade tensions with Beijing and hurt U.S. companies that sell civil aviation parts and components to China, among other industries. Oh, you mean to tell me that uh, letting them have a key to our patent office for the last 60 years hasn't been enough? Thank you, Nixon. Just saying. So the uh, the Beijing uh, Chinese, excuse me, uh, speaking in Beijing, the Chinese foreign minister spokesman, and I, I'm sorry if I botched this. I, I do genuinely try to get these names right, but some of these are just really difficult. Uh, Zhao Lijian, that's, that's I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not very good with those, qu is quoted by saying he firmly opposes the unprovoked suppression of Chinese companies by the United States. Uh, okay, sir, unprovoked suppression. Unprovoked is the key word here. Unprovoked. Look what you did to the world. 
unprovoked. This is just a drop in the bucket compared to what needs to happen here. What the United States is doing severely violates the principle of market competition. (laughs) You got a lot of nerve and international norms for trade and investment that the U.S. claims to uphold. Chinese companies have always operated in accordance with the law and strictly follow local laws and regulations when operating overseas, including the United States. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do. They follow everything to the letter. And, and they do because they say so. I, I said that I, I kind of had a feeling that this was going to go somewhere else. And, and I think once COVID fails, they're going to go with something else. And th- again, this is just my opinion. I don't have anything to back this up with. I'm just I'm I'm reading what's being said. And I'll get into more of this with uh, with Marty tomorrow when we talk about uh, what's going on in the EU side of things. You know, I heard this same foreign minister make reference to something the other day. And that is what's not really being talked about. China has a vested interest in Australia, correct? I mean, they they have a very big, uh, you know, mineral and and um, you know resource deal with the Australians. Well, the Australians, to my understanding, from what I've been able to extrapolate over the last two or three days, the Australians have signed a military pact with the Japanese. Well, the Japanese and the Chinese don't get along. So if they are signing a deal to help protect shipments to and from Australia, well, then that's going to put pressure on the Chinese. Well. You've heard of Five Eyes, correct? You know, the five countries, the US, the UK, uh, Canada, uh, no, 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 Uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand, and Japan, right? Uh, I think those are the five. Those are the Five Eyes. This same foreign minister from China has said that if the US doesn't stick to its own business, if the Five Eyes don't stick to their own business, then they'll have their eyes plucked out. What does that mean? What does that mean? And you say, well, what's that got to do with, uh, with sitting down tomorrow and talking to Marty? Well... We've got the Chinese foreign minister saying that, and you've got Klaus Schwab making reference of the World Economic Forum, making reference to a cyber attack, saying that it'll make COVID look like just a small, minute point in the manners of chaos or something to that effect. I'm kind of paraphrasing. I'll play the exact clip tomorrow. I think this is going to, in my humble opinion, I think this is going to be the next step for them. As I said in the beginning of all this, the wars of the future are economical, biological, and cyber. Those are the wars of the future. And you notice we're being hit with two of the three right now. I think the third one's going to be thrown on top of it as an icing on the cake for these people, because they're not going to stop at this. You think, OK, well, we're going to we're going to push back on them as a populist. And we're going to go after all these these corrupt, uh, know nothing politicians that are just doing their bidding. They've got other cards up their sleeve. And I think that this is going to be the next one. Can you imagine what that would do? If you think you got chaos with COVID, imagine what a cyber attack would do. Imagine if the grid went down, all of it, everything. You think you got a problem with a virus? But again, we'll get into that tomorrow. Unfortunately, we're out of time today, so we are going to have to go. But uh, thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parler. I've gotten some feedback from some of you this week. You've written on uh, uh, on our little walls. We've co- you've commented on our uh, on our podcast, talking about how great it is. Thank you all very much. Appreciate that. Appreciate the kind words. Uh, and thank you for echoing our podcast as well. In a sense, was uh, in a sense that's like retweeting it. So uh, it goes out to all of your followers as well. So thank you all very much. Uh, we appreciate it every time you do that. Yes, do give us a follow over there. We, again, we would love to get your feedback. We would love to get your uh, your comments. And we love it when you do echo and, and uh, give us your upvotes. Uh, you can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on a social media platform, you can do it. You can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. 
and we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. Again, we're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, especially during times like this, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends, family, and known associates, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast, with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.